Welcome to Backroom Talk. We're talking a little bit more about behavior today, human behavior. Yeah, um, we, we always say like uh, relationships are really important and relationships are the cornerstone of coaching. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand or even go through that thought experiment of trying to understand what does that mean and, and how do we build relationships with people. Number one on my list is understanding um, what people find important to them. Uh, so what else is important in terms um, of behavior? Yeah, just understanding that uh, as human beings, we're wired to seek pleasure mm-hmm. and avoid pain. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk. I am Georgia, here with Carl. How's it going, Carl? Pretty good. How are you, Georgia? I'm doing very well. We just uh, filmed some fun videos for LearnRx. So uh, we've just started this new exercise selection series inside of there, where we break down uh, some exercises as the name suggests. We talk about the muscles used, we talk about benefits, we give some like program design examples, as well as going over execution. So uh, that was a pretty fun morning. Yeah, it's good. It's good to, you know, look at look at something as simple as, as an exercise and kind of just have a longer, more extended conversation on it. And I think it, uh, for coaches that go in there and, and, and watch those, it just, uh, it brings some clarity around like, why this exercise over that exercise? And, um, it's almost a, a way of us simplifying that program design process. Um, and I know we're taking one exercise and we're like extending it out and making it like a, a pretty robust, uh, quick little video. Um, but I think, uh, the more coaches know around like, uh, positive negatives and, uh, how to apply different exercises. I think it's, uh, it's beneficial in the long term. It makes coaches more, uh, build more simple program designs. Yeah. Well, if you're in LearnRx, you can watch those things. If you are not in LearnRx, you should be in there, but we did release one, uh, on our YouTube channel. It's titled the cyclist squat explained. So if you want to check out what those exercise selection videos are like, uh, and again, you're not a LearnRx subscriber, do it. Become a subscriber. Get in there. Yeah, yeah guys. There's there. so much good content in there. But uh, if you're not, <clears> then uh, just head to YouTube, watch that video. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, leave us a comment there. Awesome. Uh, we spend a lot of time talking about exercise and program design and like the sexy side of coaching, or at least what I think uh, a lot of people think is like the sexy side of coaching. But we're talking a little bit more about behavior today, human behavior. Yeah. Um, we, we always say like uh, relationships are really important and relationships are the cornerstone of coaching. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand or even go through that thought experiment of trying to understand what does that mean and, and how do we build relationships with people and what is the true importance behind building relationship, right? Because I think it's, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that the coach client relationship or the coach client, uh, let's call it the professional relationship is one of like, I give you this, you give me that. Like it, it, it becomes very transactional. Um, and I think just to, you know, make true impact with any person, right. As their fitness coach, um, there has to be some relationship deeper than the X's and O's or the A's and the B's um, and program design and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's something. And, th- and that's that's based on that's based a lot around what we believe. Right. And I know there's probably some people listening. They're like, what do you mean, man? Like I, I you know, do this 30 minute session, the 60 minute session with people. I'm giving them exactly what they're paying me for. 
and that is transactional, uh, we just believe that um, it should be a little bit more than that. Definitely. I think I always, like, from the from the get-go, believe that relationships were a really important part of coaching, in part because I had strong relationships with the coaches that were role models for me when I was getting into fitness. And I... Uh, my perception around like what a relationship with a client was at that time though was very different to what I think about today. When I started coaching, it was about like, how can I help this person have like a really fun, enjoyable time and be someone that they want to spend an hour with, uh, that they, you know, feel comfortable sharing things with, uh, more like how can I be this person's friend versus how can I have like a coach client relationship with? And I think that's a really important distinction to draw. Like what is the difference between being a friend, being a gym buddy and actually like having that like pro coach client relationship that's still like strong and meaningful and can be fun and enjoyable, but uh, has a deeper layer to it. What would, what would you say is like the difference between those two things? Um, I'm not sure. I think the, as you said that the first thing that I thought about, I was like, okay, what, what was I thinking? Right. When I was like, you know, doing this thing full time and, and uh, actually building relationships with clients. And the way that I looked at that is I was just like, how can I have the most impact possible with this person right here in front of me? And that has to be connected to why they're there, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I just go back to, I go back to, you know, I could, I think of like 10 people where I'm like, I truly feel like we built a really good relationship um, during that, that uh, coach client uh, transactional time. And there was like actual impact that occurred, right? Like I had a lot of impact on them. They actually had a lot of impact on me. And not one of those 10 people do I still have a relationship with. And I'm okay with that, right? It's like, you know, it was that that coach-client relationship where I felt really good when it ended because I was like, they got exactly what they came for and I grew from it as well. So, you know, when, when you start thinking about that, and I'm not saying everyone should feel that way where it's like, well, I guess everyone should probably think about that. Like, how can I have the most impact on this client that's right in front of me? And that impact doesn't always have to do with um, the, the particular thing that they're there for. Um, usually it grows and it extends, right? It's like someone comes in and they're just like, I want to lose weight. And that's their goal because they're very unhealthy, right? And then you made this like very uh, uh, impactful change in their life, right? As their fitness coach, where you actually change some perceptions around things. Um, you change behaviors, right? Um, they're now healthier people, um, you know, where they might think, you know, or the truth might say that you added a decade to their life, right? Um, so that's, I don't know, like things like that, um, having true impact, I think is really, really important for us to think about as coaches, but you can't have impact if you don't understand basic human behavior, like very, very basic human behavior. So what are the, I guess, basics of human behavior you think a coach needs to understand? Yeah. Well, maybe let's go through this. Maybe over the next 10 minutes, let's, let's throw some things back and forth. Um, number one on my list is understanding um, what people find important to them. Yeah. Right? Like really, really understanding what people find important to them. And we won't get into like the CCP stuff when we talk about understanding one's priorities and their values. Uh, but instead, let's change the word and let's talk about understanding one's beliefs. Um, you know, we, we all have different beliefs as humans, right? Like you believe different things than, than I believe. There's obviously some overlap there and we try to find common ground where there's overlap. Um, but as a coach, you're not going to, you're not going to be 100% alignment in your belief system with every client that is in front of you. And that's not the goal as a coach to try to like 
identify the overlap and like really lean into it. Um, but to understand someone's values and beliefs uh, arms you with a lot of ammo to understand how do I get them to be where they want to be, right? So the example of like, uh, you know, uh, implementing some some habits to make someone healthier, right? Like on the surface level, it's really easy if we just read a textbook and we're like, people need to do this, they need to do this, they need to do this, and then you're just like, boom, do these things. But if you don't understand that person's belief system and their values and their priorities and all of that stuff, um, it's really challenging to like actually meet them exactly where they are and to link those things to those to those values and those beliefs. Um, so that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is like really understanding a person is like the very first like that's the starting point, right? And where do we do that in our process? We do it in an initial consultation, and and some of the things that we talk about like the seven priority questions is something that's really important as a starting point for us to really start to dig into asking questions that could, you know, unveil someone's values and someone's beliefs. So um, I think that's a, that's a starting point and starting a relationship with a client. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we ask our clients to do, it can be uncomfortable and challenging and like really go against everything they have done up until now in terms of like, I want you to eat broccoli or I want you to get eight hours of sleep or I want you to come into the gym three days a week and go for a walk, you know, on those other days. Those can be things that like someone just like doesn't enjoy doing at all. Yeah. Uh, and if we're not able to, it's one thing to say, you know, do these things, it's good for you and it's going to help you achieve your goal because you want to lose 10 pounds and this is going to help you lose 10 pounds. It is totally a different thing to be able to reframe it and help them understand why eating their broccoli might improve their digestion, which is going to make them feel more confident throughout the day because they're not going to be feeling like so gassy, uh, which has been really getting them down. So just going that extra layer to understand like, what does this person care about? They want to feel more confident at work. They want to attract a mate. They want to be around for their kids. Like taking the time to talk to someone, unpack that helps you then go ahead and connect why they should sleep eight hours with, I almost threw a glass of water at Carl, why they should sleep eight hours with uh, what their greatest beliefs are. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think we even go um, uh, a step back or step deeper and we talk about uh, what does one actually value, right? Outside of like the way that I feel or, or whatever that case is, right? Like let's say someone, this is a, a softball, but say someone valued uh, personal responsibility. They're like, yes, like I need to be, um, accountable for my, for my actions. Like I'm responsible for these things. I don't blame other people. And that's like something that really came out as like a valued for them, right? Like they have like three really strong values and that was one of them. How can we connect what we're giving them to that one value? Right. Yeah. Right. Cause usually that person is probably more of like a, a masculine phenotype, right? So we can challenge that value with them where we're like, Hey, this is the game plan. This is what we're going to do. And this is what's going to happen. Uh, to move you toward where you want to be, right? And it's like there's like some challenge happening or occurring there. It's like you sit down in a consultation with that person, and they're just not they're not living up to they're not living up to what they said they would do. It's like that's probably a really good opportunity to bring up what they said they valued, right? And uh, personal responsibility and account accountability and stuff like that. I think that's why a lot of coaches really love working with coaches because a lot of coaches value what health fitness, all that stuff, right? It's so easy. really easy, right? <laughs> it's like if someone values health and fitness, they're going they're going to have no problem being compliant to things that fall within that bucket of health and fitness. So with a coach it's really really easy. But with a general population person, 
our job is to connect health and fitness to their values. And that's, and we're not like, um, selling snake oil here, right? Like we truly believe for one to accomplish anything in life, they have to have health, right? If you don't have your health, you don't have anything, right? If someone's like, I want to make a billion dollars, right? Let me be more realistic. I want to make a million dollars, right? And this pathway says that I'm going to make a million dollars per year, uh, within a decade. And it's like their, their, um, their blood pressure is like 202 over like 65 and they're 38% body fat and they never move their bodies. It's like, you're not going to make it a decade. Right. So it's like, it's all fun and well until you don't have your health. Right. So it's really easy for us. Well, not easy, but it's realistic for us as health coaches to connect the dots there. So I know I'm kind of like going, um, I, what did I say? Like a, a, a step back or look at it more like from an overarching standpoint of understanding like one's beliefs, not what they say that they're not what they say their goals are or how they feel on a daily basis. But it's like, what do you believe as a human? Right. Cause we all believe something. Right. So, um, I think just understanding those like really deep down beliefs are really important. Definitely. And along with, uh, you're saying this word belief. So I'm going to jump here, Carl. I feel like one of the big, I know one of the biggest challenges as a coach is getting people to overcome like these self-limiting beliefs that they may have in place around fitness, around what they're capable of. Uh, so that is where, you know, understanding human behavior and being able to help someone open their eyes to a narrative they may have been telling themselves for like 20 years before you're actually able to make any meaningful change in what they're, you know, moving towards in terms of health becomes really important too. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's focusing on those like positive beliefs, right? The things that are like really important to them that a coach can help them strive towards through fitness Mm -hmm. and also opening their eyes to like, what are the things you believe about yourself or believe about the world that are actually preventing you from getting anywhere? And how can we start to lose those and shake those? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so what else is important in terms Um, of behavior? Yeah. Just understanding that, uh, as human beings, we're wired to seek pleasure Mm -hmm. and avoid pain. Right. Physically and emotionally. So uh, where does fitness fall into that? <laughs> it's right? a little painful. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. Right. Sometimes. And I think it can go both ways because our perceptions of pleasure and pain are actually different depending on who the person is. Um, George, if I were to tell you go next door, go into the gym and I want you to do that 60 second assault bike test for me right now and then come back and let's talk about it like what kind of feeling do you get inside i get a little excited honestly because when someone throws a challenge at me like that i'm like yeah i'm gonna do it yeah so that's pleasurable Mm -hmm. for you right Mm -hmm. if i were to ask someone else or probably 90 percent of the people that are watching or listening (laughs) they heard that and they got like this little like thing in their chest where they're like no thanks like i don't want to do like they're already like thinking about how am i going to do that um how am i going to pace it am i going to go fast at the end am i going to explode so on and so forth right so uh, when we start looking at fitness or let's call it exercise for right now, uh, specifically, uh, there's different perceptions of pleasure and there's different perceptions of pain. Sometimes pleasurable things can cause longer lasting pain, right? So you're like, oh, I get really excited, right? So imagine if you're like, I'm going to do that kind of exercise every single day, right? Like where are you going to end up in, I would say five years, but let's say two years, right? Uh, there's probably going to be some stuff internally that like you're not moving yourself toward like health and vitality and all of that. Right. Um, so you can just like play that out in exercise specifically, or when you start talking about, uh, and this isn't, this isn't for you, but you start talking about, uh, having a conversation with a client and you start talking about, okay, we're going to do resistance training three times a week. 
right? And to them, because of their experiences, like they think pain in their brains, right? Maybe that's a past experience. Maybe exercise is actually painful for them. Maybe they have injuries. Maybe there's something there that where they're like, I need to avoid that. So when you start, you know, when you start seeing people that aren't um, compliant to, to exercise, it's like, don't just say like, okay, we'll do it again next week, right? It's like, maybe that's a, an opportunity for a conversation. I'm like, why aren't you compliant to this exercise, right? Do you find, actually, maybe don't use these terms, but do you find exercising uh, pleasurable, right? Do you find it painful? And then like dig into like why they find it pleasurable or why they find it painful. But um, the whole point of that was just uh, understanding that as humans, we're always moving toward pleasure. Like we want to move toward pleasure, like it's just inside of us. Um, and we want to avoid pain. So, you know, we can extend that out to, you know, just regular behaviors as well. Right. Where it's like, it's very pleasurable for some people to sit on the couch and, uh, eat chips, right. It's more painful to go outside and go for a walk when they, when they're like thinking about, do I do this or that? They're like, I'm going to go to more pleasure, right. I'm going to trail a little bit more dopamine here. Um, so I think that's important to understand with people. Yeah. It's fun to, uh, really think about the differences in like time horizon for some folks, because like, let's take that example of sitting on the couch, eating the chips. That may be the most pleasurable thing right now, but is it going to be pleasurable in an hour when your digestion is jacked? Probably mm -hmm. not. Is it going to be pleasurable five or 10 years from now when, you know, type two diabetes starts to become an issue? Probably not. Some people like have a very easy time forsaking instant pleasure, instant gratification for pleasure in the future, for knowing they're going to be feeling better. And some people have a really hard time with that. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that like just comes down to individual differences, not necessarily like knowing better, like one person knows better. Both people may have the same information and realize the consequences of their actions. Some people are just wired to better be able to delay that gratification, delay that pleasure. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, that's just a fun one to try and navigate. Yeah, it's it's like uh, that's why teaching uh, the people that you work with is really important too, right? Because um, uh, you know, I would argue that a lot of people don't know the consequences of their actions today, right? Um, you know, and I'm not saying like you know what you said on you know I'd, I'd get really excited about going outside and, and doing 60 seconds of the assault bike. That's not going to kill you, right? But imagine if you didn't know the consequences of doing that day after day after day after day after day and I'm telling a story that a lot of coaches have heard from their clients right and then you get to year like two and it's just like the wheels fall off and you're just like I hate fitness it's now painful to me it's not sustainable to me um the what I used to find pleasurable in that pain now just like I can't even connect the dots of wanting to do that ever again but because you associated that with pleasure um, you, you also, and you associated a, a, a back squat with pleasure as well. Now your brain is saying like, all of that is pain. All of that is bad. All of that is something you don't want to do. And they're like turning their backs a little bit on, um, on exercise, right? Because of those experiences and how they change their mind over those few years. Exercise may be something that like <clears throat> someone never feels is truly pleasurable either. Like pleasure in like the sense of like, I'm sitting down and eating a piece of chocolate cake if you're really into chocolate cake, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but this is where the importance of like getting buy-in and at least making like the process somewhat enjoyable or somewhat uh, like focused and driven for the client is really important. Because you may find someone who's like, I don't enjoy exercise. I'm never going to enjoy exercise, but I do know I need to do it for these reasons. For that person, and for any person really, taking the time to explain why you're doing what you're doing, how it is connected to like 
their beliefs and what they want as their long-term goals. Like that stuff is money as a coach uh, rather than just like, here's what you're doing. Go and do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to add something to that. Oh, the, on the pleasure thing. (laughs) I was thinking about a joke. Who did I hear say this? I think it was, um, gosh, it was a, like an old school bodybuilder. He, he, he called out, uh, Arnold, uh, from pumping iron when Arnold was like, uh, um, he was, he was saying like the pump is so it's like having an orgasm and this dude's like, what the fuck kind of exercise are you doing? Like, or what the fuck kind of orgasm are you having? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that does not feel like having an orgasm. Um, but I think, uh, I think Ar- what Arnold was saying was the, the, uh, the result from that thing is very, very pleasurable. Um, unless you're like a masochist and you're just like pain really gets me going. Um, but we'll save that for another episode. We will. That's a um, uh, back, back room talk. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you ask me is exercise very pleasurable every time you do it, I would say no, but sometimes it is, uh, sometimes like getting into the flow of like some aerobic work and like, um, all cylinders are just like hitting and you're just like, I feel really good. Right. Like I'm kind of holding back challenges there you feel like you can go a little bit harder you have a little bit of a sweat going movement quality is really good um so yeah like i I can think of some really pleasurable times uh exercising and even lifting weights the same but um i can think of a probably just about as many where i'm just like kind of i just got to do this right um but it's it's not like a conversation that i'm having with myself where i'm like I need to motivate myself to get out and, and, and do it. It's just like, yeah, just not feeling awesome today. Right. But I'm still going to do it. Right. You know, it's like, sometimes I don't feel like going on a walk. Uh, but once you start walking, it's like you finish and no one ever got back from a walk and they're like, fuck, like, wish I never took that walk unless you got like sunburned or sunburned or like attacked by an animal or something like that. But I don't think people ever really regret that. So it's just like, like exercise, right? Like you don't always want to do it, but when you're done with it, you're like, yeah, I'm glad I did that. That was good for me. Something that a word that's come up quite a few times is challenge. Uh, and as I think about like what I felt my role was as a coach in my like infancy of coaching, it was that like make sure people are having a really, really fun time uh, type of angle. It's also really important to call them out on their BS yeah. and be prepared to challenge people, but to do that in a way that they're going to respond to. Uh, and in CCP, you know, that balance of like challenge and support, that language and like how you find that based on the person, based on their character traits, that comes up all of the time. But that feels like another really important factor that a coach needs to consider when they're approaching their relationship with their client. I have a lot more on this. Um, maybe we do a part two. We're not, we we're not promising a part two, but maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah, you guys you guys, let us know. If there's a, if this like behavior stuff is interesting to you, we want to hear it. Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Drop us a comment on YouTube. It's definitely helpful to have the feedback so uh, we can make sure the info we, uh, we give you is helpful. And if not, we'll just talk about back squats and energy system training. Actually, we're going to do a part two. It doesn't matter what you guys want. <laughs> don't listen to it if you don't want the part two. Um, no, there's just uh, there's a there's there's a couple more things that uh, we're leaving out that are really, really important that we might want to dive into. So let's do that uh, next podcast. I would certainly find that pleasurable. Ooh, yes. Keep that to yourself. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, final thoughts you want to give uh, give coaches or listeners uh, to think about when it comes to human behavior and why we got to know it? 
No, just uh, don't ignore, it and it's not the it's not the boring stuff, right? It's the it's the base. Yeah, it's the base. If you want to do this and and you want to work with people, uh, the easy shit is the exercise stuff, right? Like what we just talked about at the top of the podcast and like exercise selection and all that. It's like you got to do it, you got to know it, but that's the easy stuff. It's really really simple. Um, so I just see like this. I see this world where we're gonna start talking a lot more about these kinds of things, right? Like values and beliefs and understanding how people tick and, and, uh, you know, how do you create a relationship with someone that maybe thinks a lot differently than you do? Um, that's the more interesting stuff. And I think that's the stuff that, um, we need, we need that a little bit more. I don't think we need to know, you know, uh, how to fix valgus in a back squat anymore. I think we just got to figure out how we make that stuff go viral on, uh, social media. Yeah. Or, or we just or we uh, just find a bunch of coaches that really give a shit about that, and you know, um, we create a really good community of people that um, share beliefs, and that we wanna we wanna help we wanna help people, right? We wanna help people. So uh, maybe it'll go viral. Maybe it, maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired. I know the people listening are uh, too, Carl. Guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll uh, see you next time, and uh, have a good one. Thank you. <laughs>